Welcome back. It's Jokerman. It's Bob's birthday. It sure is. Well, it isn't by the time you're listening to this, but as we record right now, it certainly is the waning hours of Bob's birthday. No, it's just getting started, Ian. Oh, all right. Well, it's still Bob's birthday by the time you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it is Bob's birthday month, isn't it? That's right. Yes. That's how we do birthdays now. Uh, welcome back everyone to, oh, I'm Ian. I'm Evan again. You know, we still here. We, um, recently got some press. Did you know that? Oh, I, I, I thought I saw something about this. I didn't, uh, can, can you fill me in? Um, yeah, we were in the, um, what's called the guardian is a newspaper in the, uh, the United Kingdom. It's Brit- mm, It's a British mm. newspaper. Noted, noted land of Bob fans, the United Kingdom. And lo and behold, they mentioned us. Anyway, that's neat. <laughs> Leave it to the Brits to uh, uh, apparently take notice of the stupidest Bob Dylan podcast out there. It's the newest one. Any English listeners, uh, you know, given this a spin after you read about us in The Guardian, uh, eat shit, uh, and go fuck yourselves. That's the official Jokerman stance, uh, on the United Kingdom. That's the official stance of Ian from Jokerman. Mm, mm, I'm mm. Evan and I have a more nuanced (laughs) stance, which is, um, uh, I am pro Ireland. I stand with a member of the Jokerman family, Kian Nugent. I'm going to say to the listener that I don't, um, I don't think whoever wrote that, uh, represents all of everything evil that the that the British have done. Um, I think that there's a lot of water under the bridge. There's a lot mm. of pain. There's a lot of trouble. But I think we can all rise above it. And if you're going to say anything good about our podcast or even mention that it exists, I'm willing to look past some of the worst crimes ever committed against humanity. <laughs> the genocide against the nation of India for several centuries. Slavery, the East India Company, all of that. We can... Put it to bed if you just say, give us... Uh, Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, something. Well, your loyalty is bought quite easily, it sounds. I'm joking. Mm. Welcome, new listener. This is just some of the great banter you can expect uh, in the now nearing 100 episode canon of Jokerman Podcast. Ah, uh, the British love banter. Bants. They love to do their little bants. Yeah, yeah bants, exactly. That's why they mentioned us. Well, once again, just want to, I feel like we did a little bit of this last time. Uh, and I, again, by the time you're listening to this, it uh, will still be Bob's birthday month, but not his birthday day. But it might still be, it's the year of Bob, really. 2021. It is the year of Bob. It has been the year of Bob, really, since Murder Most Foul dropped. Yeah, that was kind of put on put on pause. It was to be the year of Bob. And so hopefully soon we'll just start picking, it will pick right up like that. Uh, thing never happened. As soon as tickets go on sale, I am smashing the buy button. Even if he's only doing a, be- a beacon residency and he's not playing anywhere else, I will fucking I will uh, buy a ticket. I will buy a plane ticket. I'll crash with you, and we will uh, we'll, we'll report live from the show. That's my dream. We'll smu- we'll smuggle in a recording gear 
and we won't actually record the music. We'll just record ourselves um, poorly <laughs> yeah, we'll, reacting we'll, to the song. We'll do a live uh, Joker Man uh, <laughs> stream and get kicked out of the Beacon Theater. <laughs> We'll wait. We'll we'll wait three minutes uh, before uh, discovering that the song he's playing is Black Diamond Bay, and then we'll be like, "Oh, oh, it's it's Black Diamond Bay," and then uh, yeah, and then the the security will promptly escort us from the theater. Uh, anyways, uh, we did a little bit this last time. Just wanted to touch on it again, Bob. Happy birthday! We love you. Uh, you know, there's been so much. Uh, there's been a real outpouring of appreciation uh, for you from across the entire internet. Really, it seems like every kind of music site, music poster, music, anything has taken note of this uh, this, this tremendous day. Even the fake news failing New York Times uh, wrote some weird, terrible article about how he fits into the lineage of funny Jewish men or something. Huh. Um, it's, you know, it's oh, uh, for any New new Times. listeners, um, I'm the one of us who's Jewish, Evan. Yes. I'm the Jewish one, so I can say whatever I want. He can say the Kessler. Lotka. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Anyways, such an outpouring of appreciation. And I just wanted to, to note once again, you know, Bob, uh, Happy birthday. Um, keep it on the level. I, I can't believe that you have blessed this this dimension with your presence. We've had a lot of shit in this world over the last however long. Yeah, a lot, of, your, a lot of crap, frankly. Your presence has been a continued, um, you know, continued guiding light since May 24th, 1941. May it continue to be one, uh, you know, forevermore. Back to our uh, playlist, our regularly scheduled programming. Let's uh, let's pick it up where we uh, where we last left off with we're halfway through our eighty songs for eighty years covers sure. list, and we're starting off with a bang, the bang. It's Tombstone Blues in the style of Cheryl Crow and Friends. Yes. Boy, does she have a cool voice. It's so um, arresting when she when she comes in on this. It's like, that's Cheryl Crow, you know? It sure is. Yeah, it's pretty thick, you know, kind of heavy, um, weighty, weighty voice. Bright and and forceful, yeah. Sure, absolutely. No, I think it's great. It's, it's like nice and fast paced. It's still got, you know, kind of a sharp edge to it, even though this is a cover from presumably the nineties or maybe like 2000 or something. Chrissy Hines is on this too also, which is cool. It rocks. Um, yeah, it really does. For lack of a better term, rock, uh, a little bit of uh, Bob trivia. Also, Cheryl Crow, the original singer of the Bob Dylan classic Mississippi. Excuse me. Did you know that? Explain yourself. Bob wrote the song during the Time Out of Mind sessions, you know, 96, 97-ish, didn't, you know, and obviously as we saw in Telltale Signs, uh, coming soon on the Patreon, so hit that subscribe button, um, uh, you know, he recorded several versions of it during the Time Out of Mind sessions, uh, didn't end up making the cut, the song was then cycled down to Cheryl Crow for, I forget what the album is called, but it's from 1998, and she, she sang Mississippi and was credited to Bob as the writer. Uh, the same way that Clean Cut Kid from uh, Empire Burlesque was cycled down to some random kind of, you know. The Burger Kings. Pop. The Burger Kings, exactly. Um, and it's sort of a sort of a weird version. Certainly no love and theft version of Mississippi. Every step of the way, we walk the line. Your days are numbered, 
so what am I? We couldn't put that on this list because it's technically not a cover. Um, yeah, technically. If Bob hadn't but, sung it first, you're not covering it. That's true. That's true. You're you're just the original performer. You're the singer. Well, give it a give it a listen. It's uh, not as good as the Mississippi we all know and love, but it is still interesting. This Tombstone Blues just is uh it's rock it's rock and roll that your whole family can enjoy. We love uh, we love a little rock and roll, don't we? Cheryl Crow and friends. You know who else loves rock and roll is um, Elvis Presley, the king of yeah. of the genre. You know you've made it, right? Like you just know, like Elvis just covering you. Yeah. But I don't think we need to even say anything. It's it's tomorrow <laughs> is a long time. Elvis covered Bob Dylan. I do. I sure did. I feel like maybe we even diminish this just by even trying to analyze that. Just a you know one quick note. It's it's one of those classic early Bob songs where it, it is a a Bob cover that is a song that Bob didn't even sing officially until many years later. Tomorrow is a long time. I'll keep it with mine. Love is a four letter word. All of these tracks that he was just he was just tossing off these songs in his sleep. And he couldn't simply record all of them on his own. And so uh, this is really maybe the definitive version of this song. Uh, it's a great kind of like loping vibe. You know, who doesn't love Elvis? Elvis' 1966 album, Spin Out. Spin Out. Great cover. Nice, uh, nice big pinkish background. He's looking pretty good still. <laughs> and it's got a lot of funny titles of tracks on here. You got Adam and Evil. <laughs> Beat that sounds Shack. like a song that Bob would have written for Love and Theft. Uh, Smorgasbord. Um, Smorgasbord. That's very good. I'll remember you. A song which is. I wonder. I wonder if that in- influenced Bob. Maybe because Bob has a song called "I'll, I'll, I'll Remember You." He Rem- sure does. Remember Empire that? Empire great. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that now we're about to get controversial. After we can this set one. that aside because I know you're very you're you're just champing at the bit to talk about this next one. So take it away. I really like the Eric Clapton cover of "Born in Time." Uh, you know why? Because it's bad. Because it's good. <laughs> just just like up county down. Good music. Uh. I hope that, uh, listener, your curiosity about the second part of our exploration of the latest Van Morrison opus uh, has compelled you by this point to listen to that part two of our latest record project, Volume One episode, an episode which nearly killed Ian and I. <laughs> we it almost passed away. Uh, Jupiter's delight. St- please don't. Uh, born in time. I, I would just implore you, uh, Ian, to take a look at the cover of the album Pilgrim by Eric really Clapton bad. from 1998. It sucks so bad, I hate it. The opposite. It's the opposite that's true <laughs> for me. I think that it's good. I like to look at it, and I like the way that this... Uh, I just think that this song, frankly, is so good that I'm, I'm happy to hear it any way I can. Well, stick around for uh, Jokerman Series 3. Once we get through our next uh, big artist, Here we, we'll, we'll be on to Clapton. No, that will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. Not with me here, it won't. I guess it's he's a boring artist in a lot of ways, but I like what he does 
um, by playing a song that I like as if I requested, Hey Eric, just play something (laughs) I like. I would also like to confirm uh, (laughs) that I am staunchly pro born in time. I'm just anti Eric Clapton. I think one for me weighs out the other and Mm. I'm just like, finally doing, making yourself useful. Perfect. The next one is a similar feeling for me, I guess, because, um, I don't know that I like listen to share or ever have listened to share on purpose. Yes. Yeah. I'm not really a share guy either, but this is a great cover. It's tonight. I'll be staying here with you. Um, a song, which just, you know, what, what can you even say? It's, it's literally it's one of the most, Bob song. one of the one most of the pleasant songs ever. Absolutely. Like, Great train song coming. It's you better believe it's going to be on the uh, Jokerman uh, theme type radio when we get to the train series. Right, train. Um, this also is. It's worth noting. This is Cher's album from '68, which is like pretty different than what you think of. I guess these days when you think of Cher, or at least for me, it's like I don't think of her as a '60s artist. Although that's of course where she got her start. Uh. It says 68 on streaming service. It says 69 where I'm looking. Listener, we you can tell maybe we both have two different streaming services. I'm looking at Spotify. But I'm looking at Spotify. Well, who can say? Anyway, this, this is a National Skyline cover, that, and that's 69. It's good. It's just, it's If you like Share, for the Share listeners, Share uh, fans, for the Share heads... Enjoy. Yeah, that's great. Little uh, little fun fact here also. This uh, the album name uh, 3614 Jackson Highway. Do you know that that's the name of the album? Uh, do you know what that uh, do you know what that address is, Evan? Shares House. It is not Shares House. Uh, it is uh, the Muscle uh, Shoals recording studio where Bob, Bob Dylan would later recorded go to record Saved. Saved and um, a slow train coming. That's right. There you go. That's cool. Small world. Well, what do we got next? Small world. It's <laughs> one of the most famous studios in the, on the planet. Uh, oh, this next, is a great one. This yeah, is one of my favorites. It, me too. It's also a great favorite because it's, um, well, it's Johnny Cash. And, and one of the Once great, again. he's doing Wanted Man here. It's great that the way he introduces this. Um, the intro was one of the best parts. Yeah, that's kind of like better than anything than the song itself. As good as that is, that intro is just so good. Last week uh, in Nashville, Bob Dylan, one of the top writers. Uh, well, I don't have to tell you who Bob Dylan is. The greatest writer of our time was at our house, and he and I sat down and wrote a song together. And let me see if I can find it. Damn, I'll sing it for you. I mean, that's Johnny Cash saying he's the greatest songwriter. Jesus. What more do you need? Uh, it's a great song. Uh, this is the first version of it I actually ever heard. Uh, you know, there's a duet, kind of jokey version that came out on Traveling Through, the bootleg 15 a couple years ago. Uh, this is kind of the canonical version as far as I'm concerned. There's some great backing vocals. Him, Johnny playing in prisons is also just so oh, fucking yeah. cool. It's Johnny, Live at Johnny San Quentin San or at Folsom, obviously. It's just, it's badass. Next is, uh, it's, it's just a cool, cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. This is by um, an artist I'm not really familiar with. Same. <laughs> uh, t- 
Tota Nasland. Tota Nasland. He's got the kind of the umlaut or the, you know, the two dots over the A there. Yeah. It's Wigwam. Jokerman favorite. Just feels like a sophisticated, knowing, sort of like uh, languid version of Wigwam. And it's actually great to have uh, another version of Wigwam in the world. It's a song that, it's a composition that doesn't get enough love. Um, This is part of a uh, record called uh, Tota's or Tata's, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Uh, Tata's Basement Tapes, Down in the Flood, Songs by Bob Dylan. And uh, as you can guess, it's covers. Yes, it sure is. A really kind of a fun little playlist, or fun fun collection of songs uh, on here. He's got When I Paint My Masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Down in the Flood, Alberta. Jokerman favorite, Alberta, is on here. Man, When I Paint My Masterpiece is so good. It's it's in my top 10, probably. Wow. I'm excited for the for the 100 song countdown list because I feel like we're going to have like a lot of like very close similarities, but a lot of very large differences as well. Next is I'll keep it with mine. <laughs> this one does it get any better? Actually, I think that the Bob uh, version is a little bit better. Wow, uh, this is of course by Nico, Chelsea Girl. Yeah, produced if I'm not mistaken by John Cale. Correct. Yes. The closest that we've gotten to have a, having a John Cale connection here. Sadly, there's no John Cale Bob covers that I'm aware of. Anyway, anyway, this is a great cover. Um, I love Nico. You all know this one. It's great. You can't, you know, you can't beat it. Uh, it's so pretty. And I mean, I like the Bob version. I like the one that's like a demo. I forget right. exactly which one that is, but, um, man, no, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I think it's the one on sidetracks. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that Bob version, but of course this is just, you know, this gorgeous thing. I just Googled John Cale, Bob Dylan. I was wondering what, uh, what was going on there? What does come up? Uh, first thing, um, uh, some post from, I don't know, faroutmagazine.co.uk. It's some big, long, something or other. I can't read the whole thing right now since I'm doing a very hard job, which is podcasting. Same. Uh, but uh, the, <laughs> the clips are, uh, um, as part of the entire Desert Island Discs shtick, which you can read more about here, Castaways uh, are also as to select their absolute favorite of the bunch, usually framed as if the records were being washed away into the sea. Which one would you dive in to save? Uh, Kale simply responds, I think I'd take Bob Dylan. Kale continues, everybody was looking sideways at Bob because they were astonished at all this power that was coming out of his lyrics. Uh, we knew that Nico had just come down to be a member of the band, and she used to hang out with Bob in Woodstock. Damn, I didn't actually know that. I didn't either. Um, so when this song came along, everybody looked at each other and said, wait a minute, this is about somebody we know. The song in question, and arguably John Cale's uh, favorite song of all time, this actually, damn, connection Whoa. to the previous Jokerman episode, which ended with, or close to end, with uh, He Belongs to Me, the Tina Turner version. Uh, the song in question, arguably John Hill's favorite song of all time, was Bob Dylan's track, She Belongs to Me. What? It's a classic track from Dylan's repertoire, and given the extra connection Kale has to it, we'd say it was a surefire contender for the top spot in Kale's own mental list of best songs. Wow. So there you have it. Uh, John maybe Kale She Belongs to she Me belongs- is not actually about Bob himself. It's about Nico, I guess. Gee, I wonder where they cool. did that. 
Well, I'm just astonished I, to hear that John Cale uh, thinks that that's that that me, that song means so much to him. Apparently, I mean it's it according is a great to this song. this source. I mean, yeah, but gee. speaking of great songs, do you like that transition? Love it. This next one is also is a pick of mine, and um, I just I know that we have probably more Jerry Garcia than anyone in terms of repeat artists on this list. But that's because he's the master of Bob Dylan covering. And this is Ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. This one is acceptable because the problem with putting too much Jerry on a playlist like this is that like, there's like, there's almost an hour of Jerry material just because of the songs are so long. This one is acceptable. This is actually, I think a shorter version of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest than the actual original Bob version of it. Uh, you know, the, is the challenge it? This is comes still seven minutes. It, it's yeah, but that's how long I think the, the song on, on John Wesley is over seven. This is six fifty nine. Is um, it? Fact check that. We got to get a, a, a Jokerman intern or something. Who has to just sit here and listen to us talk Yeah, and, and do all the, us. do all the Googling for us. All the fuck ups. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh no, no, no. I'm wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. It just feels really long because all the other songs on John Wesley are so short. It's five thirty on, uh, on the original record. And this is six fifty nine. Um, you know, the challenge, uh, the challenge comes when we get a 14 version of that's actually Young. longer. It is a little bit longer, but it's not as long as a 14 minute. Your version point is, Young. uh, void. Yeah. So this Good. is Jerry it's Garcia great. and David Grisman. And, I love this song. uh, it's, it's a beautiful version. You, you can just tell that he loves this song. And, um, this song is just like a masterpiece. It really is. It's a cryptic, funny, weird little song that uh, is not is like nothing else. It's great. It's uh, it really is a you know who who else but Bob could put something like this together? Um, no, nobody. Nobody the is the answer. Correct. So, um, Ian. Earlier today, um, Amnesty International uh, <laughs> hosted a worldwide tour. Yeah. They said that they're going to do that to celebrate the signing of the um, Declaration of uh, Human Rights. Yes, so I've heard. Bruce says all that um, before he plays Chimes of Freedom. It's a pretty good version. It's a great he, version of Chimes he, of Freedom. He, I mean, he kind of really makes it. Uh, it's a way, In a way, it's like. Damn, I, I didn't even realize like how much Bruce probably got from Bob. This kind of feels like some sort of like missing piece, like a key yes. to see like, oh yeah, like this. It, it it's not that far off. Like Bruce makes it sound like a Bruce song, which yeah, is like it sounds obvious. Like a Bruce song, exactly. But yeah. I mean, it, it, you can kind of like reverse engineer it and then think of his other songs and be like, gee, how many other songs are like would would be pretty easy to turn into a bob type song. Well, as we as we know from our time in the Wilbury verse, Bob uh you know kind of reciprocated a little bit with uh Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Uh his his attempt at a Bruce knockoff which a Bruce knockoff, you know, being a bob knockoff in the first place. Uh yeah, this sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song, which is great. It's awesome, you know, especially at this moment in time, which I think this was like early 90s, I want to say, uh, late 80s, 88. 
Um, so this was like Tunnel of Love-ish era. Um, you know, it sounds great. It's awesome. The uh, the intro gets a little long, uh, but it really does sound just like a, you know, the Bruce at the peak of his powers version of uh, Chimes of Freedom, and it's blown out. It sounds great. Up to Me is next. Yes. A Cool Choice by Roger McGuinn, who I guess Very. when you like have so much history of covering Bob Dylan, you got to spice it up by doing something that's like a little out of the box. In this yes. case, a song that obviously was never on a record, but as we now know, um, and as people in the know knew, was a uh, runner-up. It was going to be on Blood on the Tracks. And um, yes. it's it's very similar to uh, an, uh, another song on Blood on the Tracks, which was... Um, Shelter from the Storm. Shelter from the Storm. Yeah, it's got like, yes. the same... It's the same song, but, it di- yes. but different lyrics. A lot of people love this song. I, You know, we looked at that that stereo... I don't know if you looked at that stereo gum thing. Um, or I think you did. I, I sent it to you a couple... A bunch of artists today like wrote about their favorite Bob song. Yeah, that was Several really people, interesting. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Jokerman uh, a family member Steve Gunn wrote uh, mentioned uh, Shelter from the Storm. Uh, yeah, from, I mean, that's a good answer. I feel like anybody who says Up to Me is one of their favorite. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's their like, favorite yeah. Bob song. Like, who said that? Yeah, I, a couple people said that. I forget that's, who. That's exactly. fucking, that's, I'm sorry. I'm going to call this out. That's, that's yeah. flexing. That's just being mm. like, I know. Like, no, get real. This is nobody's favorite Bob song. It's like an alternate <laughs> version of a better song. Evan's anti-blood on the track stance continues. No, I'm just, anti, I'm anti like making that claim. Like, it's a great song too. I mean, up to me, so great to listen to. Very fun, but don't tell me it's your favorite Bob Dylan song. <laughs> get all, get real. Wow. Well, to all the Up To Me fans out there, I apologize for the slander that was just delivered. It's a good song. It would come in like, you know, maybe number six or something on the record to me. Yeah. Anyways, fun cover. You know, McGuinn, uh, you know, has, has fun with it. I think this is a later kind of uh, release of his also um, from, seven, well, not that late, 76. Um, well, but, uh, well, so that's you know, pretty obviously, That's interesting. I didn't realize it was that close to the release of... Yeah, how did he even know this song? This was the original flex of being like, "I know a Bob Dylan song, you don't." <laughs> the whole history of this song has a has a stain on it of people trying to flex that they are in the know. You know what I respect though. The next song is somebody who 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 just goes, "Here's a Bob Dylan song everyone knows, but I'm going to do it in a way that is unique to me." Yes. This is uh, Brian Ferry. The second, he's a returning champ because his album, Dylan-esque, which is probably the best name for a Bob Dylan cover album that has ever happened. Uh, It's just so good. I don't know what you think, Ian, but his version of Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues is so pitch perfect to me. It's great, yeah. It's really fun. And like you've got an unmistakable Brian Ferry touch here. It's cool. Why didn't Brian Ferry ever get asked to do a James Bond song? Uh, Because he isn't famous enough. Shame. Yeah. 
It's a good version. I, I kind of Dylan Esk is cool. I, I kind of wish that he went deeper into Bob's catalog in terms of the picks. Oh, you wish he played up to me? <laughs> Not up to me necessarily, but like you know, I would love to, I would love to hear a Brian Ferry version of tight of tight connection, uh, or of um, um, you know, yeah, that would uh, be great. Drifting too far from shore. From what I understand, like he's that. he's done a lot of other. Dylan covers over the years. Some, I think, probably only live, or that at least there's no recorded he's version. Also, yeah, I mean, he he has made a habit throughout his career of putting out cover records. Yeah, uh, I mean, are, he did know, do "Let's Stick Together," song, but I don't know that that happened before, or I think it maybe actually happened before Bob's version. Mm. But it is still fun to listen to those back to back. His version of "Let's Stick Together" is really good, and uh, yeah, Brian Ferry, just an undersung artist and especially when it comes to his interpretive skills and and his his flair for uh getting to to Dylan, to give his own spin to Dylan got to hand it to him he's cool he rocks um the next one is one that you threw on here <laughs> This is. I did not know that this existed. I didn't either. Actually, this is uh, this is a uh, uh, one that was related to me by my father. So shout out to uh, uh, my dad, uh, who once he learned that we were doing a Bob covers episode, sent me many many covers to uh, to sample and potentially include here. This is from a record called "The Four Seasons Sing Big Hits" by Burt Bacharach. Uh, Hal David and Bob Dylan. It's from that era where, you know, there were singers and there were songwriters. Yeah, these guys, like, you don't get the feeling. (laughs) I just simply don't believe that Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons have any affinity for Bob Dylan. Personally like him, listen to him, care about what they're singing here. This is on a record along with What's New Pussycat. Like, they don't give shit. Oh, you have something to say about that? Songs, uh, lyrical merits in, are you trying to say it's it's not as good as I just, as (laughs) Queen Jane, Queen Jane. Yeah. There's also this really funny moment at the end of this song where Frankie Valley just kind of like chuckles, like, like, like literally like laughs while he's singing because he's making this a much hornier song than it is on the record initially. Yeah. I mean, Um, this is a a shitty cover. I'm just going to say it's funny. I didn't say it's not funny, but like it's not in the same class as some of the stuff we'll get to here where the reason that the person is singing it is because like it's their favorite song. I feel like that's sort of what we're getting at with this uh, side of our uh, examination of our picks here. It's kind of like, why are these people doing these songs? And uh, some people are just um, clout chasers. They're clout sharks. They're just, you know, they're all about um, clout. Ian, mm-hmm. and they're trying to show how, how much of a cool Dylanologist they are, and they're covering Up To Me, and they're saying it's their favorite song. Complete, <laughs> as the kids say, cap. And um, then there's just people who are like, well, uh, Queen Jane, uh, approximately, this is a song that um, some people uh, have on the radio now, so slap this in front of you. Uh, I think it's about as faithful and uh, legitimate uh, as not the next song, but the one after that, which was uh, which was a you pick. Yeah, but we'll get to that. We'll in get good to time. that. 
next one is the Jimi Hendrix entry on the Jokerman playlist. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, it's all along the watchtower. It certainly is not. It's Let's come to our think. attention that Rolling Stone magazine uh, did a list Why do you even bother in 2021 80- putting out an 80-song countdown of all of the, the greatest Bob Dylan covers if the number one answer is going to be Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower? It's like saying the sky is blue. Like, I, I don't need to click a link to read that. It's like looking at the fucking Mona Lisa to me. Right. It's just like, it is what it is. It, all of the mystery has been sucked dry. Yeah, it's it, and frankly, as far as I'm concerned, not as good as the original version, even though everyone acts like it is the the canonical version. But uh, that said, yes. there's still plenty of uh, you know. I was a bit, I was really into Jimi Hendrix as a like a tween teen because right. I didn't know what, what to listen to, you know, and right. it was like that time of like, well, like I got a best of Jimi Hendrix uh, CD or two. And I really um, listened to it a lot, a lot of Hendrix stuff. And I, I know I actually kind of always found the most most compelling thing about him not to be the guitar, but to be his voice a lot of the time, and his um, that it always sounded like he was kind of like chewing gum through like most of the music. <laughs> you notice that about him? I can't say that I I, I can't say that I'm a much of a Jimmy. Uh, uh, appreciator. I haven't he's, listened he's to like much. <laughs> that type of sound with his mouth. Anyway. Sure, sure. The song is Can You Please Crawl Out Your Window. Did we not say that already? We didn't. I don't like when people like trying to nail like his, uh, his talent to like one performance because mm. he was a bigger and more spontaneous artistic uh, presence than that. So that's that's maybe my beef with like people always going on about how great all along the watchtower is. It kind of like makes makes him feel stagnant when like you look at his uh, through his recorded work and there's surprises like this for anybody who's actually curious. I would say it's as good as the Bob version, maybe in its own way. Sure, I would, uh, I would, I would, I would accept that. Um, The next one. Tell us about the next one. The, well, the next one is Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tambourine Man. What is record? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't know where this originally perform, uh, was performed. Like, I don't... This says 1996. This is not where originally... I, I'm looking at the track listing right now. <gasps> There's like Hamlet? No, this is, is like not the original record that this happened on obviously this is from the, the 60s. ballad of bilbo baggins <laughs> this is an inscrutable thing <laughs> it was but then there's also sinatra covers on here it was a very good year like what is going on with this william shatner is an actor um and <laughs> so that he brings an acting uh-huh. an actor's mind okay this is one of the worst things i've ever heard um <laughs> It's not without its charms, though. Thank you for removing the the very pleasant, chiming Gene Clark version of Tambourine Man and replacing it with this. Well, that's not one of the worst things I've ever heard or one of the best. This is one of the worst. Okay. It's more important. Uh, Yeah, it's William Shatner dissociating over this, uh, (laughs) having a psychotic break. 
a thing I if I beefed with with a lot of the covers that I was I was looking for other covers. Like I saw the one that you put on there. I listened to it. I saw the one that of uh, Hamilton Lighthouser and uh, Rostam, like some Spotify session or something like that. And uh, something I don't like is that these people start the song with um. And I know that Evening's Empire has returned into sand. And it's like, mm. why would you start the song with that? It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, what did you try to? It's like somebody just being like, you know, what? like I'm gonna skip ahead. Like, just do the song. It, you, you're mean, not gonna uh, improve it. I'm sorry. If you're gonna cover seven, it, that's what the birds do on their version. Yeah, well, guess what it is. That it's not as good as the original. It's like, well, certainly not. But that's what people do when they cover it: is they turn a seven-minute acoustic, you know, soliloquy into a pop song that is two and a half minutes. Yeah, just it just sucks. Like that, the lyrics are what's like half of what's good about that song. Why would you do that? This one also sucks. So, uh, <laughs> listener, you're welcome. Uh, one that doesn't suck. Next song, don't think twice. Yeah, no, this one is a, a really faithful and um, yet really uh, unique version of uh, of the song. It's by Albert Hammond Jr. of Strokes fame. Everyone's second favorite member of the Strokes. It's a really good cover. Um, I actually liked and listened to this record, Momentary Masters. Yeah, um, when it came out, came out a couple of years ago. I think a little bit more than that, even like it was twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah twenty fifteen. Six years, six years ago. Yeah, and I remember, you know, something I kind of liked about this album is just it felt like kind of a, a nice thing to just be like, oh, nice rock and roll album. Yeah. And it, that's it is that, and uh, that's that's what you get every time the Strokes put out a record. At this point, it's like, and you it's, know, it's, it's just it's, it's just a nice nice album, breath to, of fresh nice album to put on every every once in a while. And um, this is a really, I think, kind of emotionally effective um, cover. With the, the guitar is has a really like, sweet melancholy thing going on that is different than the sweet melancholy of the original. And, um, yet gives yeah, you he's some doing something interesting. He's making it his own, but he's also being faithful at the same time. To the spirit to of the thing. The spirit sure, yeah. and the, me- yeah, it's just, it's a really nice, yeah, I think this is like kind of best case scenario cover, especially one that's released in 2015. Yeah. Like this so is recent. back to that reason of why do you cover a song? Who are these people covering it? This is a song that, uh, I, I understand why he's covering it. You know, the, 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 especially a member of the strokes, like the um, content of the song, don't think twice is kind of like so much of what the strokes do is in, is in the DNA of this song. Um, they have entire albums, like kind of just like riffing on the, the themes of, of this type of thing. Yeah. So it's it's a really on many levels uh, a really perfect cover. It's a great cover. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. And joining him in the you know early two thousands garage rock uh, revival rock and roll is saved era of things. Uh, next track, the White Stripes covering one more cup of coffee. This is when Jack White was cool before he turned into Willy Wonka. You don't like Willy Wonka? 
Uh, did you see Timothy Chalamet is going to play C Willy Wonka? Is playing young Wonka. I'm praying God, that think- he will play Wonka. Then it will get bad reviews, and then they won't cast him in any more movies after. Thank that. God that Bob and movie that Bob seems to have movie apart. seems to yeah. I just don't want to see anybody be Bob Dylan on the screen unless it's. Hmm. Uh, if you could pick one person to be cast as Bob, who would you pick? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Well, it depends on what era of Bob. Just saying any era. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould as Bob. Doing like a, uh, the long goodbye kind of version of Bob. Okay. As long as we're going like harebrained scheme, I'll say, um, <laughs> Uh, just kind of muttering to himself and like, you know, feeding the cat, smoking cigarettes. Uh, that sounds great. I mean, Harry Dean Stanton would have been a cool guy to sort of play a bo- like a version of Bob Dylan. Willem Dafoe would be cool. Mm. I don't Dafoe know. Fucking do no. I don't know. I guess what we're doing right now is that stu- what those people may- who made that movie did and then actually got, <laughs> got made. Um, I'm not there. Where were we? Pretty good version. Uh, I'm listening to it. Uh, the white stripes doing this. And love the way he, love the way he enunciates jewels, jewels. That's you an old like ro- classic rock and roll way of, of singing that line. That that word. It's very cool. Uh, next one. This is one that was new to uh, new to me. This was one that you. Oh uh, yeah, this is sent one my of way. my favorites. Very cool. The Ballad of Hollis Brown by the great David Lynch. David Lynch, the film director and visual artist and musician uh, and uh, weather weatherman and meteor- we- yeah. amateur meteorologist. That's right. Um, man, this is such a cool thing. I love this. It's very cool. I had this record on um, CD, the the Big Dream, and um, I think I got it for free somehow at some point. And I had it in my car years ago, and um, this was my favorite song on that record. And it's really given it gave me a new appreciation for the original, um, the Ballad of Hollis Brown, and. It, it, it's got this cool, like almost reggae or like dub reggae sort of feel. Yeah. There's a very strong kind of uh, elastic baseline that takes you through the whole thing. And, uh, it just, the, the subject matter, which is so grim, so dark and, and existentially, uh, it's, you know, just such a horrible, <laughs> tragic you song. Might, you might, you might describe it as Lynchian. Well, he, he makes me, he, he makes it literally that, you know, one of the few examples of a time where you could actually say that cause it's, it is David Lynch. So yes. Lynchian. Yeah. The <laughs> thing that's especially Lynchian about it is that, uh, you get the impression like the last line spoiler <laughs> of the, of the song, you know, when the narrator describes, uh, Hollis Brown killing his family the seven shots ring out like the ocean's pounding roar. Yeah. And then somewhere in the distance, seven new people are born. 
that weird chilling uh, line is so perfectly at home coming out of David Lynch's mouth. And uh, it, it, it couldn't be more perfect if you know his work and uh, his, his religious or spiritual inclinations. Yeah. There's uh, some great synchronicity between the, the cover artist and the, the covered song here. That's a, it's a very, they, they mesh very well together. If you're going to pick one Bob song for Lynch to cover, this is, this is number one with a bullet. That's great. Totally unexpected, but totally perfect choice. Absolutely makes sense. Next is uh, kind of continuing on that spiritual, uh, bigger picture theme. And this is a uh, every grain of sand mm. by the blind boys of Alabama featuring Justin Vernon of a uh, Bon Iver. Bon Iver fame. Correct. Very beautiful. Yeah. Nice spare kind of uh, version. Obviously the, these, this voice that we're all very familiar with at this point makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think there's some inspiration on this one taken from not the released cut on Shot of Love, but the bootleg series cut, which to my mind is is the is the cut, is the the one version of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of spare and piano based. Uh, it's great. You know, this is, you know, you know want to talk you want to talk top 10 Bob songs all time. This one this one Top ten to me. I don't. I don't disagree. Also, this is a real the the way that this is executed is just so thoughtful and interesting. And uh, Justin Vernon has really shown himself in the last few records he's done to be a very adventurous and experimental composer. So. You get a, a a a bit of that, and and the fact that he's with the Blind Boys of Alabama, it's like you get kind of this traditional mixed with the the very avant garde. It's really um, one of the best things I think we put on this list. Uh, it's so yeah, absolutely, and just in terms of like the quality and the ambition, uh, it's a really really good cover. Um, yeah, really good cover of a really just spectacular song. You know, I just like, I, honestly, one of Bob's most stunning uh, lyrical works I think that he's ever written. Like that, I just like it, it, it. The same way that most of the time is a perfect lyrical construction. I think every grain yeah. of sand is just a, a, an immaculate, perfect lyric uh, in terms of the actual idea and poetry that he's relating. It's, you know, boy. Yeah, this is a song good. that just makes me want to. Stand on a beach and look at the horizon. Stare wistfully into the sunset, and and, and not think about any any stupid Bob Dylan fan beefs. I just want to <laughs> just, just want to vibe. Just want to yeah, dwell on the mystery and and the beauty of of God's creation. Uh, well, one song that will not allow you to dwell on the mystery and beauty of God's creation is uh, the next one. <laughs> when the ship comes in, uh, as uh, expressed, I should say, by the Pogues. Um, a song which I only kind of recently heard, like, the story of the origin of why Bob wrote this. Um, 
apparently he was just very pissed off at the way these these bureaucrats behind the desk at a hotel were acting. They wouldn't give him and um and Joan Baez a room or something. Mm-hmm. And then he like moments later after that was resolved wrote this. They crossed the wrong guy. Yeah, he there he was just pissed at like the the basically like the people who work at the DMV or whatever. That was the energy. Yeah, so he's like one of those guys who has like a Twitter account with couple hundred thousand followers and like United Airlines loses his baggage or something. And he starts tweeting like, well, instead of starting completely unacceptable at United Airlines about how like someday the Goliath will be conquered. (laughs) I swear. Yeah. uh, So the Pogues, um, they bring uh, all their um, tenacity and sounds like a poke song. The most Irish thing on this playlist anyway. Again, uh, this member of Jokerman podcast stands firmly with, uh, the good Catholics of the nation of Ireland. I, um, I like Ireland. (laughs) Next is Arlo Guthrie. Uh, and it's it's from a record called The Last of the Brooklyn Cowboys. So that's about mm-hmm. you and me. Or Pretty it's cool. about me yep. and my friends Correct. anyway. And uh this is Gates of Eden. Sure is. I mean he's uh, he's what he got through his son. Yeah, no, that's there what I was gonna go. say. There's a real kind of circle of life thing here where Bob begins as a Woody Guthrie imitator, uh, and then goes on to become himself move so far beyond the Guthrie impersonations and then only to have Woody Guthrie's own son begin to cover Bob who began by covering it. You know, there's just, there's a real kind of like, there's something beautiful in that. Yeah. And it's a good cover. Yeah. I mean, Arlo Guthrie is very funny, but he's, he's, he's just also like really sensitive and, uh, and, and thoughtful musician. So it's a, it's a really believable cover that just feels like, he can he can handle this type of song. Yeah, that's cool. Duke and Whistle. This is by Benmont Tench. A name that I just I I mean, we all know him. We know he played with Bob. Um it's just a name that it it sounds fake. Great name. It's a great song too. It's Duquesne Whistle. It's from Tempest, one of the greatest Bob Dylan albums. And um, it, this is a really fun song. That sort of uh, version that plays into the sort of uh, honky tonk kind of uh, old timey barroom feel of of the song, and uh, a really and jazzy feel too. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, doesn't do anything uh, extraordinarily necessarily, but uh, I feel like you're walking uh, down Main Street, USA. Yeah, exactly. It's very pleasant to listen to. Next, we've got a really interesting bit of uh, mm, artist yeah. and cover synergy. Fun. This is another one that I had never heard before. This is in, uh, it rocks. It's Who Killed Davy Moore by our Stevie Moore. Stevie Moore, yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's a really great version. RCV Moore, the uh, hugely influential home recording superstar artist who is uh, highly prolific, who likes to stay home. The Woody Guthrie to Ariel Pink's Bob Dylan. 
This is a great version of a song that is uh, really, honestly, has only grown in my estimation. I wasn't terribly familiar with Davey Moore, I think, you know, by this time last year when we were getting started on this. But, like, it's just kind of popped up again and again since we started doing this. And every time I hear it, I think it just grows in my estimation. It's so, like, clever and funny but also like completely insightful and cutting and like serious. It, like it's just a perfect kind of fusion of everything you want in a bomb. Um, the Bob song great. about a boxer that takes a moral stand. Uh, uh well, that, uh, that fails to take a moral stand and, and ends up dying because of it. Um, well, the song itself takes a sort of moral stand. The song takes a moral stand. Absolutely. Song That's about a I boxer. Mean. Yeah. The song takes a moral All stand. All right. We got to keep pressing on. Uh, <laughs> cool uh, version. Very cool version. Love our Stevie Moore. God bless. Yes. I pity the poor immigrant. Speaking of cool versions, this is uh, one of one of my definitely one of my favorite songs from uh, from the album from which it comes, John Wesley Harding, and uh, this is performed by Akron Family and Angels of Light, who uh, which I believe is a side project of Michael Gira from Swans. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. And uh, it's a really a great version um, of a great song. Uh, truly just one of my favorites, like Stone Cold, perfect song that has a lot, a lot to say. And like everything on uh, that album, um, John Mosley Harding, it, it, it's only made better by the fact that it doesn't, like come out and say what it has to say. It just makes you think. Makes you think. Sure do. Moonshiner. Uh, Uncle Tupelo. The first of two uh, Jeff Tweedy tracks to make an appearance. Well, is Jeff Tweedy the one singing this though? Uh, I. Th- no, it's the other fellow. Jay Farrar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I love the song Moonshiner and yes, uh, Uncle Tupelo, one of the premier like depressed country acts. Uh, it's a, of course we're uh, the theme here synergy. Yes. Yeah. Quote unquote alt country. Uh, this one, of course, should be noted not a, technically a Bob original composition, but this is a you know it's a folk you know kind of traditional song. This like uh, Wild Mountain Time, previously a cover of the Bob interpretation of the traditional song, which absolutely right. qualifies that counts under these conditions here. Um, it's a great song, uh, you know. Boy, the Bob version is the original version is so good. Is is better, but uh, yeah. that's like saying. That's not even fair. I mean, that original version is of just course, like, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. we know, you know, covers. You know, they do their own thing. We don't need to say one is better than the other necessarily. Um, even this one, the next one is uh, is a really fun thing because it. I I feel like this is the opposite of covering um, up to me. This is like the humble Bob Scholar <laughs> does this song, which is Robin Hitchcock doing <laughs> Dignity. Bob Scholar. You don't get that many cool points from it. It just happens to be a really undersung and valuable Dylan song. I think that we've found to be really one of the one of the sort of sleeper hits of the last season of Jokerman. Sure. Absolutely. The next one is uh The song, by the way, is Dignity. I said Dignity. Did you say dignity? It's dignity. 
Yeah. It's never been photographed, folks. It's never it's never been photographed. Okay? <laughs> they've said they've tried to photograph it. They can't photograph this thing. They take their pictures. It's, it's They take uh, the pictures. It doesn't appear in the photo. All right? <laughs> they try to take the photo of the picture. It doesn't. Dignity. It's never been there. The next one is... Uh, 13 minutes long. The most stoned thing <laughs> I've ever heard. This is another uh, another Jerry number. But like a lot of Jerry Garcia uh, music, you think uh, you're about to hear something like, you know, that's four stoners. Yeah. Weed. 420, Ian. Yes. And it, and it actually ends up being like very nimble and... Uh, <laughs> And 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 focused in a lot of ways, uh, improvisation. This is just like not that. It's like you feel. I feel my eyes getting red just listening to it. You are smoking that good Cali Kush when you throw this one on. It's the Wicked Messenger um, from this compilation. Garcia plays Dylan. It's Legion of Mary with Jerry Garcia. I'll just show you how slow this is. It goes, there was a wicked messenger from Eli. He did come. Brown, 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 brown. But it's great. Uh, I really like it. And I recommend you um, do whatever you it is you do to relax and then listen to this. Light up a fat one. A fat cigar. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call it? A cigar of weed? Yes, correct. Maggie's Farm is the next song. It's Stephen Malkmus um, and the the... Million Dollar Bashers haha, uh, from the <laughs> I'm Not There good. soundtrack. Um, we had to include this because Stephen Malcolmus is cool. Stephen Malcolmus is cool. Also, the Million Dollar Bashers, uh, are you aware of who uh, comprises the Million Dollar Bashers? I'm not. Boy, well, wouldn't you like to know? Uh, we've got Sonic Youth members Lee Ronaldo and Steve Shelley, Nels Klein from okay. Wilco, Cool. Uh, Tom Verlaine no. from television. Wait a minute. And uh, Bob Dylan's very own bass player, Tony Garnier. I'm about to fall off my chair. That's so Pretty fucking cool. badass. I have to listen to this again knowing Tom Verlaine is on there. What the fuck? That's Verlaine shredding, yeah. Give it, uh, get to like 105 or something on the timestamp and, and he just kind of goes off. Getting there. Gosh. Well, television covered uh, uh, Heaven's Door. Heaven's Door, yeah, yeah, which would have been great to include, but there is one that just, we had to you know, instead. Yeah, we just you can't beat it, and we'll get to that momentarily. Um, so this is this is David Bowie, yes. Even though it's a Mick Ronson uh, credited to Mick Ronson, uh, yeah, credited to Mick Ronson. It's David Bowie for the first time on the playlist. And he's doing like Rolling Stone. I need I need say nothing more. Is there any? Yeah. Is there anything else that we need to say? No, there's not. David Bowie singing like a Rolling there's Stone. There's nothing more to say about that. 
<laughs> Next is all along the watchtower, except it's you two. Ireland's own Irish pride. Who even Irish at all in? I think I have some Irish in me. My name is Ian. So that's I. That's Irish. I mean, okay. I guarantee you, I'm, I have. I'm. I, I'm some amount of I Irish. Mean, I, and some not, amount I'm not skeptical about this. You're a white guy. <laughs> like you're probably Irish. <laughs> anyway, all along the watchtower from Rattle and Hum. That's our yeah. next pick. It's cool. You can hear the edge kind of rocking it. Uh, you know, this is basically you two covering the Jimmy version of uh, Watchtower. There, there doesn't That's seem right. to be a, <laughs> anyone kind of... covering the Bob version of Watchtower. No, which not, is sad. Not that they're but... lyrically different, but just in terms of like the attitude or the the lyric um, or, or the melody and you know, kind of the pacing and stuff. Obviously, all of the, the additional versions seem to target the Jimmy version. Uh, but you know, it's cool. U2 is, uh, you know, I think, I think we're, we're generally pro U2 here. We included this one because, Hey, it's not the one that you've heard. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's gotta be some watchtower on here and might as well be a cool one by a band that is relatively cool. Speaking of cool guys, the next one is Richie Havens doing sad eyed mm. lady of the lowlands. You know, he was born, uh, in bed in Bedford Stuyvesant, uh, Brooklyn, where I am right now. Anyway, he's doing Saturday Lady of the Lowlands. It's very soulful and uh, just like a cool version. It's really this one rips. Yeah, this one just fucking grooves, rocks, vibes, whatever, whatever verb you want. It's use a really there. good just sweet spot between like rock and and soul. It's it's just kind mm. of its own thing. It's really cool. I'm just mm, just rocking my head along to it right now. Listening, yeah. Just, yeah, you're going to, folks, you're going to dig this one. Next, we got Standing in the Doorway, a la Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt, yeah. Man, even, I don't care who's doing this song, this one just, ugh, so good. As soon as you hear those, like, just those first couple, like, notes, those first couple As happy as I feel listening to Richie Havens do Sad-Eyed Lady, I'm just suddenly like, oh, it's time to be sad now. Yeah, it's just time to stick your head in a fucking oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, uh, there's another reason not to do that. It's another Bowie another version. Ti- another Time Out of Mind classic. Yeah. You got Trying to Get to Heaven by David Bowie. This that famous version we've put on a lot of playlists at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because it's so cool and good, um, and the one that came out, you know, this year, like as far as an official release, trying to get to heaven. Um, what 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 else can we say that we haven't said about this? I think we've probably discussed it in the past, but um, take a listen to it. Uh, the air is getting hotter. Yeah, I think I think uh, Bowie does a great job making it you know, his own. It's, it sounds like a Bowie kind of song by the time you're finished with it. Um, he yeah. really inhabits, uh, inhabits the music. And it's a creative, uh, arrangement too. It's not just like a standard cover. Whereas like the, like Rolling Stone one is more or less just, you know, like a glammed up version of the original. Right. This one has a chiming distorted guitar. It's, it's, uh, its own beast entirely. 
I love I love what the, his delivery on the uh, Sugar Town line. I've been to Sugar Town. I shook the sugar down. Next one is uh, not so much of a left turn from the original, but it's just a perfect match because you got Jeff Tweedy doing Simple Twist of Fate. Yeah. Um, it's It feels like just a puzzle piece fitting into that spot. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, this is Jeff Tweedy doing, doing the perfect kind of song for Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. Another uh, I'm Not There cut. Uh, probably the record that we have referenced. I mean, there's just so much kind of a uh, clout into in the in the track listing there yeah i mean you want to you want to try to uh, uh avoid leaning on any one thing too hard in particular but you know there's some there's just some good ass shit on here next uh you got uh, and also just one more thing is you get that uh really nice Violin, which is kind of reminiscent of like the Scarlet Rivera style or like um, a nod to the sort of occasional time. So that would be the way. Yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like what the song performed. would sound like if it had come out on Desire instead of. Uh, it's been performed live, as I, I believe, like a couple times with with this type of accompaniment. Yeah, I think he did it a couple times on uh, Rolling Thunder. The next one. Anyways, another example of like, yeah, I mean, just like no brainer type of synergy. Um, One of the heavy hitters on the playlist, as far as I'm concerned, perfect song, perfect artist. Warren Zevon knocking on heaven's door. On the wind, 2003 post-cancer diagnosis, you know, once Bob is playing the mutineer live in, uh, in show and in concert, you know, it's like Zevon is literally slipping from this mortal coil as he's, as he's cutting this in the studio and his, I mean, he sounds as good as ever. The band is tight. From what I understand, there's uh, you know, a lot of effort going on to make him for him to be able to pull this off. Like his his breath was literally not strong as he had terminal lung cancer. So yes. uh, Yeah. And just the the appreciation between the two of them, I think, you know, Zivon, obviously like we've seen that, that, clip of him uh is it on letterman that he's on uh or is it on the radio program where he says that bob invented his job yes, or whatever that's right. right and it, you know obviously zivon obviously just such such a so indebted to bob and such a fan like we all are but then bob's willingness to reciprocate well, uh, he, by covering it's a him hum- a, a humble sort of indebtedness where even the way that this song is covered it feels uh very workmanlike. Like this is not a spectacular arrangement treatment to the song. It's Correct. just a straight up version that gets all of its extra power from the context and uh, from who he is. So. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe honestly, this along with the watchtower, probably the two most covered songs in Bob's catalog, I would guess. I, I don't have any figures to back that up, but obviously like the GNR version of this is very famous. Uh, like we talked about, there's the television version. Um, and a lot of people do a lot of different things with it, but this is just yeah, absolutely like, it, you know, you don't need to be showy with this, especially when you're Warren Zevon and you're dying of cancer. It's like, it's fucking like this song was made for this moment by this artist. And, uh, it, uh, you can, you can just hear it. This version, uh, of the next song, 
with God on our side by the Neville brothers. You get some extra special uh, context for those in the know. This is produced by none other than Daniel Lanois. And actually it was when Bob heard this uh, along with one other cover of the, of that the Neville brothers did for this album, yellow moon uh, mm-hmm. of Bob. Uh, was it the ballad of Hollis Brown? Hollis Brown. Yeah. Bob said, that sounds like a record. And so, um, Oh mercy was the long tortuous relationship with Daniel. Lanois yeah, was that, begun. that's how it started. And, and boy, <laughs> the greatest do, mistake it, of his life. Does it sound like a record? You know, it really does. Um, which is to say it's Bob Dylan's version of saying, this is really good. <laughs> this is very good. You did a good job. And uh, yeah, it's kind of this like total Lanois fest, but uh, I mean, it'd be nothing without the Neville brothers and their sort of uh, youthful. And it sounds like a boy and an old man at the same time. It's kind of just this mm. like ageless voice which really works perfectly with the with the song um and has this kind of shimmering spiritual feeling that's just a pure lan pure wa pure dan lan pure dan lan speaking of shimmering spiritual feelings another heavy hitter there were a lot of contenders for who would we pick to do it's baby all over blue. now, baby blue. Yes. That may have this one may be up there with watchtower and uh heaven's door. I would assume in terms and of I, sheer volume of Bob covers. I love what the grateful dead do with it. Yes. But also, uh, well, I guess you don't love it for whatever reason, oh, but the yeah. them cover shockingly, I don't love the van Morrison them version of it's all over now, baby blue, just because it's a little, it feels a little, I don't know. Rigid. Mm. I I think it rocks. I also just think that it's like a perfect song on its own. You don't need to come up with like a new way of doing it. Really. It's just like a timelessly perfect melody. And Anoni seems to know that. And the way that Anoni performs the song is, um, it just feels like suffused with a, with a love for the, for the music. Anything, I mean, honestly, anything that she sings is just like, like, just you put this, put any sort of lyrics into this voice and they sound insane. Uh, and so you put this set of lyrics, uh, into her voice and that's, it's, it's a real kind of, uh, uh, humdinger. Really one of the last, like, real original, like, just a cool, cool person. Exactly. Yeah. Just someone many. who fucking just rock. Like no, like no, there, there's no like qualified language, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just like, this is someone who fucking gets it. And yeah. They, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, it's great to have someone like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this, this version so gets beautiful. the spot just cause it's so pure. Uh, yeah. Um, the next one. It's Jokerman. It's Joker, man. It is Joker, man. This is one that I hadn't heard before. This is fun. Yeah, I really like this. It's by a group called Heron. And it's it's a really nice kind of, uh, I don't know, how would you describe it? 
It's kind of like low key pastoral version Chill. of Joker Man. Yeah, it it's it's very good. Yeah, it's cool. This is uh, also from a 100% Bob cover record. Yeah, called Joker um, Man. Yeah, called Joker Man. Absolutely. It's this uh, is a version that you could put on a playlist for your baby. It is one that you could put on your playlist for your sweetie like a, baby, like a, like a literal baby, like a lullaby. It's very sweet. Oh, your it's, actual has, baby, not your sweetie baby. No, no, just a child, an infant. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of like gentle. It's like playing baby Mozart for them. You know. It must be noted, though. Uh, I'm looking at this uh, this record in detail for the first time. Uh, you know, we want to talk about a flex. Uh, they do have a six and a half minute cover version of "If Dogs Run Free," which begins with an extended flute solo. So, you know, yeah, but the, at least it. that came out we, on a we real get record. It. We get it, folks. Yeah, they're in the know. That's a flex, but honestly, I don't know that that's <laughs> the kind of flex that makes you look cooler by the end of it. <laughs> Uh, That's a flex man. that you do because like you are that committed. Like by the end of doing that flex, everyone's just like, wow, cool, f- cool like flute solo, man. Yeah. Nice one. I'm I'm thinking again about new morning and about how, how one star of a record it really is. There's a lot of people who might be listening to our show for the first time here. And, um, <laughs> This he's talking about one out of three, so that's not that bad actually. When you think about it, the next song is "Forever Young," and it's Jerry Garcia. Jerry, Jerry Garcia here he is band. again. I just think that this version is, um, you know, we had to include this song, especially for given the occasion. Sure, and I really like hearing a sort of older Jerry uh, vocal do this song. And uh, his haggard sort of vocal sound is, I think, really touching. Ah, man. Really sweet. Yeah, great song to listen to. Great song to listen to throughout the ages also. You know, it it only becomes more affecting with each passing year, especially for someone like Jerry, who obviously kind of, Passed before, uh, before his time. Well, I guess not before. Yeah, you know, he, 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 he could have lived a lot longer if he, he could have gone much further. If exactly. He had different habits. But. Um, so this one, just like Kevin's door with Zevon, you know, it, it's there, there's something kind of spiritual and, and beautiful. And, and there's just this artist covering this something song. about Garcia, which strikes me and so many people as, as yeah, eternally is sort of a youthful spirit, like as. And the stamina that it did take for him to do that and to be in that group for so long and to play so well for so long, that's that's a huge feat. Like, come on. That's something only a forever young type person could do. Sure. And, of course, the guitar playing on this is very good because it's Cherry Garcia. Languid. So next, we've had a lot of sort of... uh, emotional dreamy type stuff, I think in this back half. And um, now we're bringing the energy back up a little bit with a guest spot from Tom Petty and rainy day women, Yes, which omits the, uh, 
the rest of the title in this version, at least on this streaming yes. service. No, tw- no, no, twelve and thirty-five. I've always wondered what twelve and thirty-five actually. I signify. think it's just nonsense, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it probably is. Um, he's it's Tom Petty talking about how they stone you. Yeah, this is like the round. Like we're getting people back on their feet. You know. Uh, yes, I'm really, really uh, tired because it's uh, one o'clock in the morning. One in the morning, <laughs> and this is just me kind of like splashing some cold water on my face, <laughs> um, getting ready to head for the exits because that crush of traffic is coming. But I'm, I'm got to be some petty on I'm here. Feeling good, you know. It was either this or License to Kill, and you know. I think uh, well, License to Kill as, is is pretty. Um, it's a pretty straightforward cover. Yeah, it's it's straightforward cover. As it's is also, this, uh, but you know, we just want to. Randy Day Women have belongs on this playlist. You know, it's uh, it's one of the greats that Bob certainly thinks so. And uh, you know, his friendship with with Petty, I think uh, we put this on because it's is, friendship. This is represents exactly. friendship on the playlist. We're honoring the legacy of the Wilburys with this inclusion here. That's right. And sadly, there's uh, and no, um, Roy Arbison cover. There is no Roy, Bob. unfortunately. Boy, imagine Roy doing like, you know, I don't know. Uh, anything. I'm trying to think of a good one for Roy to do. Wedding song. That'd be really nice. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's send it out. Let's put Evan to bed with the very last song of this uh, 80s song, Monstrosity. One that I certainly did not pick myself. Maybe let's put me to bed, but let's wake you the fuck up, you <laughs> sheeple. Desolation Row from Watchmen by <laughs> My Chemical Romance. One of the least cool things possible. Uh, I'm, you possibly I'm sorry. This is one of my favorite covers of a Bob My Dylan Chemical song. Romance covering Desolation Row for the Watchmen movie official soundtrack. I I just think it's actually I've listened to it many times, and um, I've come to the conclusion that this just simply rips. Mm. Listener, judge for yourself. Bob, it is, I hope that this was a nice little uh, birthday, uh, Bob birthday for for you. A big Bob birthday. My brain is turning into liquid butter. Bob, happy birthday. Thank you so much for keeping it on the level for eight decades. And listeners, l- uh, thank you for joining us, maybe for the first time. Um Sign up for our Patreon. We've got a bunch of episodes on there. We sure do. And as of uh, this moment, at least, we're at a cool 49 uh, uh, patrons, uh, which means we're just a single one away from the uh, Ronaldo and Clara episode, the long-promised Ronaldo and Clara episode. So if you want to hear us talk about the uh, awful, just complete dog shit for our I've never seen it, made. so I don't know if I'm going to feel that way, Ian, and, and maybe you shouldn't say that before you uh, see it. The 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 reputationally uh, awful, complete dog shit four-hour movie that Bob made in uh, 1978 uh, when he was going through just a complete shit period of time in his life when his drummer died from a heroin overdose and his wife divorced him. 
uh, you know, subscribe to the Patreon and uh, it'll be a great time. Happy birthday, Bob Dylan. Um, and we almost happy birthday, Jokerman, because we're coming up on one year of Jokerman. Isn't that cool? We sure are. See you next time. Watchmen. Jokerman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>